We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. We're going to have a good time. It's all going to be a fresh catch. Are you ready for the word? I know it's Father's Day. It's five minutes till 12. I intend to get you out of here uh, shortly. And uh, let's go... uh, Let's go to the Word. Let's go to the Word. We're going to read one verse. Then I'm going to share some things with you. The most popular quotes about fathers. And then we're going to preach for a little bit. I'm going to just read a portion of Genesis 8 and 20. First book in your Bible. Just a little while. After the first millennia of time. This is setting in 1,016 years into what we have as recorded human history. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Just that quick in Genesis, eight verses covers 1,016 years, eight chapters. And uh, so time's moving quite uh, along here. And here's the portion of the word I want to read you. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord. I know there's more. Not taking it out. Just not going to use it today as far as this message goes. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord. And I want to preach for next little while on this Father's Day 2023 the original influence. Got all these world influencers. I want to talk about the original influencer. Amen. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you for every man, woman, boy, and girl that's in this room today. We thank you for the 10 o'clock hour, for that great word, for that reminder of our value and our worth, for everything that happened in Sunday school. Thank you for our guest. Bless us all here today. You're an awesome God. We'll give you praise and we'll give you honor. In the matchless name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Can you love him one more time with a hand clap before we get into the word? Yes. Come on, just praise him. By the blood and the word of their testimony, they became overcomers. Testify to it. Amen. God bless you. Just share a few fun whether they're facts or not, I don't know, but most of the women think they are. Most of the children think they are. Uh, you know, it, it was said a little earlier, dads do get a bad rap. Fathers get a bad rap. As a matter of fact, our world is so messed up right now. Here a while back, I said in front of another uh, pastor, I said something about my my girls and uh if you don't know what i mean by that i got three daughters and four grandchildren and one on the way three sons-in-laws and proud of my daughters they're all here today and uh i I said something uh it was something to the effect of there there is no there's really not anything greater than being a daddy this was to a young pastor who's getting ready to uh start his uh own own family and he said, what'd you say? And I said, well, there, there's not much greater than being a, a, a daddy. I mean, it's just got to. And uh, 
He just started laughing. He said, man, you don't say that word. I said, well, you may not, you don't say that word. He said, the word daddy. He said, you hadn't heard? You know, I'm so tired of the world perverting everything God gives us. Now it's got some kind of meaning to some connection or ownership or money making. So I don't know. Let me tell you something. The world can't have my, my children. And it can't have my title. Come on. But we get a lot of rap. Usually when a man says it would take too long to explain, what he means is I don't have a clue how that works. Usually when a man says, take a break, darling, you're working too hard, it really means can you please turn the vacuum off? I can't hear the game. Usually when a man says, that's interesting, dear, he means are you still talking? Usually when a man says, do you need my help with dinner? What he really means is, why isn't it ready already? When a man says, oh, I just cut myself, it's no big deal. What he means is, I probably severed a limb that I'd bleed to death before I admit it hurts. (laughs) Oh, goodness, that hurts, brother. Usually when he says, I can't find it, he means... Whatever he's looking for didn't fall into his outstretched hands. Usually when a man says, you know, I could never love anyone but you, he means I'm already used to the way you yell at me, and I know it could be worse. (laughs) That's just a few fun things. Now let's get into the word. Uh, Keep your, your enemies uh, your friends close and your enemies closer. That's what that meant. I want to talk to you today about uh, the original influencer. And I, I think, I believe that fathers should be one of, if not the greatest influence in a person's life, only secondary to God. And I believe that because the order of history says that a man should do what's right and he should lead his family into what's right. And then if he's not right, I hope the mother has the most influence. Because ultimately we got to get to the main influence. We got to get to the key of it all. And the Bible says Noah builded an altar unto the Lord. Noah is one of history's very first influencers. No doubt about it. Before there was email and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok, before there was group think and group therapy, there was Noah. He absolutely influenced the entire world. He, he influenced geography. I could go into all of that, but I won't. Where nations would be built and where things would land. He, he influenced every animal in the kingdom. How did he influence them? He saved them. He influenced humanity. How did he influence humanity? Because if he hadn't put his family uh, on the boat, humanity would have been wiped out by the flood that the Lord sent. 
So he was an influencer. But I want us to know with one of the first uh, known saviors, if you will, of the Old Testament. One that uh, truly physically helped to save people. If you look at him, he's, he's somewhat of a Christ-like figure. He came, he sacrificed virtually his whole life. People turned against him. And when it was all over, he, he saved everybody that would listen. And so he, he was a type and a shadow of, of Christ and his boat and his ark, a type of the church. And he cried for 120 years thereabouts for someone to listen to what he has to say. However, we got to find out what influenced Noah. What caused him to be such an influential man? Because you don't just all of a sudden show up everywhere in the main world on the big screen and have the voice and people listen to you. You don't just show up out of nowhere. You came from somewhere. Somebody influenced you. Somebody got you to where you were at before you started flying on your own. Something influenced Noah. And I want to know, what is it that influenced the salvation of all humanity? Literally and figuratively. What is it that influenced the salvation of every animal known to mankind? And some, I'm certain, that are unknown. What is it, how is it that he influenced so much? Because he had an influence in his life. 364 times the Bible calls the influence by name. Help me, Brother Chad, if you would. What influences the greatest influence of time? What influences? Folks... This is an altar. Brother Clifford Vance made us a jig a few years ago, and we made, I don't remember how, 110 of them, gave them out to all the men on Father's Day that day. And this is mine right here. I have pictures of my grandchildren praying with me at this altar. I have pictures of them by themselves. This is my home altar. I brought this from home today. It's my altar. It's got my tears and my snot and my handprints and my dirt on it. This is my altar. But I want to tell you something. How can I be an influencer to you if something's not influencing me? How can I tell you you need to go if I don't want to go? How can I lead you to be right if I don't put right on display? I want to tell you something. The Bible said, and Noah built an altar unto the Lord. I want to tell you what was happening in the life of Noah. Noah knew how to touch God. And he said, before my salvation, before the salvation of my children or every animal or all of the human race and the world as we will know it now and forever, I've got to have an influence in my life. And that influence is found at an old-fashioned altar of sacrifice where I lay down my burdens where I lay down my pains where I lay over the altar and just die out unto the Lord if you want to know what influences people the altar influences 
Somebody hear me right now. When's the last time you died at the altar? Some of you feeling cold towards church. It's a long time since you shed tears in the altar. It's a long time since you started a victory march. It's a long time since you collapsed over an altar and said, I'm worthless. I don't even belong here. But your will be done. Well, I've been strung out. Go to the altar. I've been divorced. Go to the altar. I've been caught up in a situation. Go to the altar. I'm in trouble. Go to the altar. You have value at the altar. Come on, somebody hear me. There's too many saints of God that are alive. Because if you're going to be a saint, and if you're going to go by that, you're going to have to live a life that's dead unto yourself and only alive unto Christ. That is influenced at the altar. Noah influenced it 364 times. The altar is referred to this type of an altar. As a matter of fact, when the tabernacle is built... You can go read it. Matter of fact, two times you can read it. The tabernacle in the wilderness and the tabernacle of Solomon. You can go read it. When they got in there and all the furniture, uh, four guys in a truck or something, somebody moved all the furniture. And they got it in there. And when they were trying to figure out where to put it, you know how they done that? The priest or the chamberlain would walk in the room and somebody would say, excuse me, sir, where's this row of candles going to go? He didn't say right here. He didn't say, well, just take them in, oh, 20 or 30 feet in the door there. No, he went to the altar. He went to the altar and he said, it's a certain amount of space to the right or to the east, the west, or north, or south of the altar. They got ready to put something else. Where do we put the laver? Oh, we, we put that right straight in front of the altar. Where do we put the, that goes to the east of the altar. That goes to the, you may tell you something, all direction is found at the altar. Spiritual direction, sacrifice, help, hope, and love, family. It's all found and recovered and restored at the altar. Oh, come on, there's more people that believe what I'm preaching on this Father's Day. If you want to influence your wife, if you want to influence your children, if you want to influence those on the job and those around you, find yourself an old-fashioned altar and die on it. I get the distinct privilege. I'm certain some of you hear it from time to time. Uh, Somebody comes and talks to you in confidence. I'm just not feeling it, man. It's just been a long time since I felt what I want to feel at church. Let me tell you why. Because you go to the church and you're totally clothed spiritually and you're alive and you're well and you've got your possessions and you sit down and start dealing with God and saying, God, if, 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 here's what he wants you to do. He wants you to be spiritually naked and afraid in his presence come on take all these earthly garments and put them away everything that would hang on to your life take your wife take your children write their names on top of here make sure they've been dedicated and anointed where at at the ball game that's a good place but no at the altar 
Oh, we saw some ball game stuff. This has nothing to do with that. When it's all said and done, you know what I'd love next year? When we had that same video, the very first thing, say my daddy taught me how to pray at an altar. I thank him. He influenced my spiritual decisions. Oh, there's no knock on that video. That's beautiful. If you took that wrong, you don't even know Jesus. Here's my point. This right here. This right here. That old saying, a family that prays together stays together. Uh, The original influencer. And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord. Watch this, verses 15 through 22. And God spake unto Noah, saying, Go forth of the ark, thou and thy wife and thy sons and thy sons' wives with thee. Bring forth with thee every living thing that is with thee. Of all flesh, both of fowl and cattle, every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth, in the earth, and be fruitful and multiply upon the earth. And Noah went forth and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every fowl, and whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kind went forth out of the ark. Folks, he influenced all of the animal planet. If you see a dog today, say, Thank Noah. If you see a squirrel in a tree, say, Thank Noah. I want to tell you why. He has influence. Next time you go to the zoo, just walk around and say, thank you, Noah. Thank you, Noah. Hey, here's why. Because there was a man who was connected to a God who was a God of the altar. And that same God of the altar said, if you want to have influence, you meet me at the altar. I'll give you influence with all Watch this. Whatsoever creepeth upon the earth after their kind. 20. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord and took of every clean beast and of every, uh, of every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings unto the altar. 21. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I smite any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease and then he gave Noah the rainbow listen to me real close he gave Noah God the sovereign God gave all the primary colors to Noah and he looked at it and there was no beginning it started at the earth and across the horizon it went and it landed and he said this is a promise to you now let me tell you the world has perverted again a lot of things but I'm going to tell you something the rainbow means to me that God will not flood our planet again ever as long as I live you do what you want to with it I see a promise I see hope because I had an influencer 
The man that went to the altar got the sign. The man that was willing to die for the cause got the sign. Wow, 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 wow. Listen to this right here. He's on the boat 150th days. And with all these animals and family, can you imagine his wife and his daughters? I don't mean anything about this. I just had, uh, I just had them all in the car with me at once. Are we there yet? Can you imagine? Uh, where are we going next? What are we going to do? Well, we're going to go through a drive-thru. I want Taco Bell. Well, I want Wendy's. I want make. One slapped the other one. Happened in the back seat of my truck. Like to blew my mind. I said, did she just, just, just got that high daddy voice. Did she just hit that kid? Can, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Noah, you know, he's one month. He's two months. He's three months. He's four months. He's finishing up five months. And the kids are like, Daddy, are you sure? Are you pa- Have you been down here? Have you smelled the camels lately? Do you know how hard it's been to keep the woodpeckers in check? Come on, Daddy. Come on. Can't you hear Mama? Oh, baby, I always wanted to, to go on a cruise, but... Can you hear it now? I can tell you, Noah, when we get off of this thing, I'm going to walk as far till the sun don't shine. Come on, you, you, you just know. I know it's a large cruise ship and I get it. But you got to understand the, the gravity and the weight that is on these people that have influence directly with God. And he's saving all of them and everything he does is questioned. He, he's been mocked and ridiculed. Everything he's doing. But here's the fact, folks. He's got influence from a higher place. He's got authority from a higher place. And I want to preach to somebody. There's a way out of your flood. There's a way out of your struggle. There's a way out of your problem. There's a way out of your bankruptcy court. There's a way out of your family issue. But it's not going to start in a counselor's office. You can't buy it. You can't fix it yourself. It won't start with a bankruptcy lawyer. It'll start at an old fashioned where you die. Oh, I wish the church would stand and praise him right now. Anybody bitter? Go kill that bitterness at an altar. Anybody got hate in your heart, kill that at an altar. Sacrifice it. Burn it up. The Bible said God enjoyed the smell of the sacrifice. Oh, I got to hurry. I got 10 minutes in my mind. By the sixth chapter of Genesis, I told you we were 1,016 years into the time that we are aware of. God's just saved Noah and his family. He, he's a father that cared more about his family than public opinion. See, sometimes folks don't want to live for God because of public opinion. Watch this. What will people think about me? Let me ask you this. What will you think about you if they're all lost and you didn't say nothing? How will eternity work out for you if you don't make it and you're there with all of them? 
Can you imagine the gravity of eternity and having led somebody to be lost? I can't imagine that. Oh, pastor, it's Father's Day. I know that's why we're celebrating how to be a good father. We should be trendsetters. We should be altar builders. Come on, there should be an altar everywhere in our life. We should be able to find a place. Sometimes it's been the steering wheel of a truck or it's been a couch or it's been laid over uh, the love seat at the house or, or sitting down in a chair. Sometimes it's just been walking around. Sometimes it's been on a lawnmower. I begin to talk to the Lord and he begins to talk back and I realize once again, until you get your entire life and all of your belongings on the altar. But I like that if it's okay he'll get it back see some folks go to the altar and they pick and they choose what's going to die when you get through the keep pile is always bigger than the delete pile you look at all this stuff and you wonder Lord do you smell that? Do you smell that sweet savor? Do you smell my sacrifice? Do you even know I'm here? And the Lord says, I'm not looking for part of you. That doesn't impress me. Now you start at that pile and you decide. I watched a show one time where everybody bought a tiny house. They had people come in and say, hey, you got to get rid of everything until it'll fit in this 550 square feet. People lose their minds. They go through that pile over and over. Sometimes I can see that happening with the Lord. We just keep on. And it's like, well, I guess I can try. Let me tell you something. Just You, you don't discard any of it. Because then you're playing God. You just bring it all. All of it. Come on. Somebody hear me? Bring it all. Bring it all. And pile it all up right here. And then you just die out to it all and say, none of this means anything to me. And when it's all said and done, the things that are supposed to be there will not only be on the altar, but they'll be in place. It'll be you and your relationship with God. It'll be your marriage. It'll be your parenting and grandparenting. All of those things in the order that they're supposed to be in. Because when it dies on the altar where the Spirit of the Lord consumes things, the Bible says He breathes in a beautiful savor of things owned by the flesh that are dying. What is that? He loves to smell an addiction burning. He loves to smell a habit burning. He loves hatred burning. He loves, come on somebody hear me. He loves the smell of fear burning on an altar. Oh, somebody hear me. It's taught in Sunday school. We hear it all. But in the big picture, Noah's greatest job was to lead us to an altar. After those 150 days of bickering and barking and taking care of the animals and, and dealing with all the potential problems and struggles that could go on in five months on an ark with family and every animal in the world. After all of that, the hand of the Lord opened that door. Those animals began to walk. Family began to walk. It was big enough to stretch in there. But imagine in the sunlight, standing on dry ground the first time in five months. 
Thank you. Wow. I'd have been looking for a place to build. I'd have been looking for a place to start my first garden. I've been looking for a way to corral up some of those animals so that when they reproduce, I can have them. I'm figuring out some kind of way. Not Noah. You see, I got business on my brain. Noah's got something else altogether on his brain. He steps out on the dry ground and he realizes the salvation of the Lord. I need a hammer. Just bring me anything. Just bring me something. Throw me something. I don't care what it is. No, not a microphone. My Lord, these things are $1,000 a piece. Here, I just, I just need this. Oh, oh, oh. That's almost a claw hammer. Pull a nail or two with any. Hey, what does Noah do? He doesn't go watch all the animals and make sure they go where they're supposed to go. He doesn't talk to his sons and son-in-laws, sons-in-laws, and tell them, all right, boys, get over and start building a cabin. He doesn't tell his wife, I told you I'd get you here. No, he walks down that door, that ramp that only the hand of God could open and the only the hand of God could close. And he scrapped up some material. What you doing, Daddy? I'm building, oh God, not another project. No, I'm building, darling. I'm building. Hey, sweetheart, you going to be in for dinner? Not today. What about tomorrow? Not yet. Uh, we ain't got no electricity on this hill yet. This is taking a while, but sometime by tomorrow evening, I will know that God has smiled on this family because my first act after salvation is to go to the altar and let everything die there. When you come up out of that water, you find you an altar of repentance. Before you go to the water, find you an altar of repentance. When you get home, find you an altar of commitment and recommitment. Put your family there, your marriage, your home, your car, your truck, your finances. Put it on the altar. Mom, I wish you had practiced up and ready. I'd have you come play the keyboard right now. Are you practiced up and ready? No? Here, here's the old song. You ready? Can I, can I sing y'all a song? Nothing left on the altar will ever be lost. No matter how great be the cost. It may be riches, your fame or success, but with it all left on the altar, these things you possess. Woo! Somebody needs to hear me right now. Don't choke back the tears. Let them go. You know you need the altar of the Lord. The first of that song says, I've held a lot of things in my own two hands. And I've lost them all, I confess. 
But everything that I've ever placed in the hand of the Lord, it's these things that I still possess. I own an entrance to a city where streets are purest gold. And someday all of heaven is going to be mine. Sometimes I'm ashamed, I must confess, when I compare what was given to the things I possess. You want to keep it all? Give it all away. Some of you think, oh, you, you mean literally. You, no, 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 no. If you'll put everything on the altar, when you get up, he'll give you back what you were supposed to have in the first place. He will only take his portion. He's not a thief. He's not a man that can lie. <laughs> Prove that to me, Pastor. All right. Four chapters later, the Holy Ghost of the Old Testament, the unseen spirit of God, comes to a man named Abraham. He said, Abraham, I promise you and your wife Sarah a son. Now you're 100 years old. You've been strutting around in town because at 100 you produced a son. You think, you think you're all out of bag of chips, so I'm asking you now, will you give that boy to me? He said, come on, God, you know we, we're past our prime. We, we just barely could make this happen anyway. It was an absolute miracle. I'm a hundred, and, and I mean, look, look at this old frail body, Lord. You know, and you told me my children would be the children of every nation and tongue. What do you want me to do? He said, take him to the top of Mount Moriah and sacrifice him on the altar. Abraham, being a man of altars, goes to the top of Mount Moriah. He tells two followers, stay here. Y'all hold the asses. We're going to go to the top, and we're going to sacrifice. But that's not what he said. He said, we're going to worship. You know what he understood? That worship happens at the altar. He said, you hold them, boys. Me and the boy will be back. But God said, you're going to kill him. I know God. Me and the boy will be back. He laid old Isaac down on the altar and he bound him up, put wood underneath him and wood on top of him and began to start the fire. And a voice said, stop, don't harm the lad. The Bible said his knife was already drawn back. He would have went into the breastbone of his child and ripped down throughout the cavity of his body. And as he bled out, the fire would have began. You see, we're talking about a jealous God. A jealous God because the Bible said that those that worshiped the God Moloch that was all fake. He was nothing but one big, big face with an open mouth. They put fire in it. And if you were going to worship Moloch, your firstborn child had to be sacrificed. Everybody got around while the fires of the world were burning and said, Watch what we do to our children. Twenty twenty three. There's a lot of people saying, "Watch what we'll do with our children. We'll turn our children into politics. We'll turn our children into political weapons. 
Well, come on. Right into the mouth of Moloch. And the Bible depicts that moment like this. That the musicians were instructed. Play louder so the mamas don't hear the baby scream. There's a jealous God that just says, Abraham, take your son, your one and only son, that promise. I don't know by now if Abraham's still feeling like they're worshiping. His son's bound to an altar. There's wood above him and wood below him, and and he's tied up. Abraham tells his son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. What in the New Testament became the sacrifice? The Bible said God will provide himself a sacrifice. And so he's teaching him right then, just because I tell you I want it don't mean I'm going to take it. I want your spirit on the thing. Here it is. No, don't. Then what am I going to sacrifice? And the Bible said, lo, he looked and caught in a thicket was around by his horns. And they slay that. And he and Isaac went down and he became the father of all nations. You know why? Because he was a man that built altars. He had a higher influence than that of himself. He had a higher influence than what his family gave him. He had more influence at the altar than he did in town square. I'm closing right now, Sister Beckham. I'm done. Somebody just hear me right now. Chapter 26, 25. He built that altar. In 33 and verse 20, Isaac's son, Jacob, got into an issue. Guess what he done? He said, I can remember Papa talking about daddy. I'll be back. I'm headed down to the sawmill, baby girl. See you in a bit. What you doing? I'm building an altar because there's going to come a day I'm going to have to live down that my name was liar at birth. That my name was transgressor at birth. That they gave me a name that said I was, I was trying to influence the birthright of my family. And they looked down on me. And I remember, I remember them talking about all those things. So what are you going to do now? You got Abraham, you got Isaac, you got Jacob. And what are you going to do? And Jacob says, I'm going to build an altar. Come on. In 35 and 7 again, he builds an altar. But somebody led before Facebook and TikTok and Twitter and Instagram. Somebody led enough to change the world. Because if the nostrils of God said it is good, what does anybody else's opinion matter? Pastor, is is all that that important? Maybe not. Is that a heaven or a hell issue? Maybe not. It may not be. 
then why don't you do it? Or why, why, do you, why do you try to stare young couples away from that? Why is it that? Because here's the thing. I'd rather everything be reborn at the altar than we know where it comes from. If the roots tap into an old altar, we can trust that. Tradition comes and goes. Fads come and go. Magazines only show those kind of shirts for a little while. And then it's next and next and the next billion for the next. For 6,000 known years, Satan has successfully invaded the ranks of mankind and of fatherhood hear me the very first father in scripture his wife backslid right in front of him and drug him into that he wasn't strong enough to withstand he should have been a stronger man some could say and I would agree but it cost him They were exiled out of the Garden of Eden forever. The Bible says to this day, no man will ever return back to that situation of perfection. It'll never happen. Now you work by the sweat of your brow. You're near death to give birth to children. Adam and Eve produced two sons. The very first family. One of those turned out to be a murderer that murdered the other son. How do you get all that fixed? Got to go back to the altar. You got to put all those personal opinions and feelings and emotions. You got to say, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. But God, if you'll meet me at that altar one more time. Every fear. Oh, I know it's hard. Trust me. I have the same battles. Maybe a little different than you, but they're the same. They're the same structure. They just have maybe different skin. Fear, doubt, worry. What if-isms? Why is and how come? The pain of working so hard. And you start to accept maybe maybe it's not meant to be that way. And the Lord just says, I'm inviting you one more time. One more time to come to the altar and be the influencer that I died for you to be. I want every father in this building to be an influencer. Pastor, I don't have any children. Let me tell you what I know. 
My grandchildren look up to you. You're a father figure to them. You're a grandfather. They, they don't know that you don't have children. Love them. Show them how to worship. Show them how to praise God. Show them how to fall over an altar dead of your own strength and say, God, if I get up from here, it's because you're getting me up from here. I wish we'd stand all across this building. I'm certain there's a song prepared. I'm done. I'm trying to finish just a little early and get you out. I know it's Father's Day. You're going to meals. You've got plans and events. Hey, men, do you have enough time for this? your sacrifice what are you going to have to build to hold what you're carrying blessed for you it's already built there's an altar that spans the width of this auditorium I wonder if there's a man here's all I'm asking you I care but in this setting I don't care if you're lost if you're saved if you're a sinner a saint a visitor first time been here since the doors opened doesn't matter I wonder if you would love more than anything to have a heavy godly influence over everyone in your world. Status is not going to do that, sir. The house you live in, the car you drive, the amount of children you have, how old you are, your title on the job. None of those things are important if there's not an altar involved. Because the Bible said when it's all said and done, all this is going to burn and perish. Every bit of it. The only thing that's going to last is going to be what's been given to Him. I'm wondering, would some men that want to influence your family, that long to influence your relationships... I'm ready, singers, if there's a song prepared. I wonder if you'd just come to the altar right now. Don't bring some of your stuff. Don't, don't waste your time with some stuff.